Hey everyone, uh, my name is Ali Coffey. Uh, this is White Lotus Radio, a podcast all about Legend of Korra and other uh, Avatar stuff things. Uh, my co-host is Nora. Hi, I am Nora, and this is still White Lotus Radio. I, this is a bad intro I'm doing. <laughs> I never know how to intro the podcast. <clears throat> Y'all, we're punchy this week. We're, fe- we're feeling it. We're on a vibe. <laughs> Yeah. So uh so we lost. So we have today on the podcast we're going to be talking about um episodes 7 and 8 of Cora, a book 1 of Cora, which are titled The Aftermath and When Extremes Meet. And we're 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 feeling some type of wave just because like a lot of we have recorded this episode before. We have talked about these before, and um, it was just an extremely cursed recording on many levels. The universe really conspired to stop that episode from happening, and it did. Due to technical difficulties, that was lost, but um, we're persisting. Nevertheless, we persisted. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, like I say, I before we get started, uh, I just want to talk briefly about the the titles of these two episodes: the aftermath, and then um, when extremes meet. Um, how y'all feel about how you feeling about both sides today, Nora? I see them. <laughs> Do we have to hear both sides? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know. Only the Avatar, master of both sides, can bring balance to the discourse. <laughs> so, this, we, hmm, what is it? No, this episode, let me read about it. <laughs> yeah, so according to this wiki page I have pulled up here, um, just a heads up. For everyone, um, I was telling Nora before we started the episode proper that, like, in a way, in the in the bright side of uh, having to re-record this, um, I these are my two least favorite episodes we have watched so far, and I'm gonna try and bring like a. I was really, I was really just kind of poo-pooing the whole affair last time, and I'm gonna try to at least have fun with it. This time, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this synopsis from the from the Avatar wiki, um, in just the most chipper way I can manage. Uh, after the pro bending arena closes following Amon's attack, Ma- Mako and Bolin are invited to stay in the in the Asami Mansion. While spending time there, Korra begins to su- suspect that Hiroshi Sato, Asami's dad, is working for the Equalists as the metal bending police force investigates the claims they discover stunning secrets. Interesting. So I have a different synopsis in front of me. I'm on the Avatar wiki. I'm on Wikipedia, America's oh. wiki. <laughs> People in other countries are not allowed to see this synopsis. So Tarlock calls for Lin Beifong's resignation as chief of police, while Mako and Bolin, Mako and Bolin, fuck Larry. <laughs> 
This one says a lot of similar things, but it it takes some of the um, the nuance out of some of this stuff, which I know. The, there's I so know. much nuance in this episode. Well, this this, this version just really says. While visiting them, Korra overhears implications that Hiroshi Sato is colluding with the Equalists and informs Chief Beifong and Tenzin, who find no evidence. That's much more clinical. Well, that's just not what this episode is. That's <laughs> <laughs> just so. So yeah. Um, so the episode um, starts with um, you know Mako and Bolin moving into the mansion and. Cora comes over to hang out, and she's kind of pouty the whole time because um, uh, Mako and Asami are flirting a bunch. Because they're dating. Because um, they're dating. Um, and, you know, she's extremely gay for Asami, so she uh, is jealous. That's definitely the canonical uh, uh -huh. interpretation. How many lines does Asami have in this episode? Uh... I'm gonna guess twelve. Yeah, this is like one of this is a big, big episode for her. So, yeah, <laughs> one of those lines. Um, so, no, this isn't even an Asami line. Is so that, is is that this episode? That's this episode. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so Cora is um, pouting a bunch. Um, they're hanging out in Asami's pool. Asami somehow still has flawless makeup in the pool. Um, and Asami's like, well, if Korra's feeling, you know, like this, I'm going to, I'm going to show her some cool stuff. And they go pod racing, basically. They go Sato mobile racing. And <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. Um, Cora ends up having a good time. It's uh, a little bit gay because, like, she's clinging to Asami as they race around the track. Um, <laughs> just the <annoying. laughs> Um, and they, uh, you know, they finish the race, and Cora says to Asami, Wow, I pegged you wrong. And I'm still laughing about... I pegged you wrong, Asami. I'm still... I will be laughing about I pegged you wrong in my grave. Technically, the line is I had you pegged wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Turns out, when you're, when you're looking for any... I don't have a joke, everyone. Like, it's not a... I, <laughs> when you're looking for any gay subtext you can find, sometimes you find gay subtext... Sometimes you found, sometimes you find, uh, I had you pegged wrong, and you just really, you cling to that for a literal month. I think it has been maybe only three weeks, but I think about it every day. You would not believe my inbox right now. I, I post Nora about it every day. <laughs> um, so, a lot of this episode is... Is Korra still being weird about Mako and Asami because she still has feelings for Mako? And 
Mako obviously still has feelings for Korra. Um, but when they can't find any evidence that Sato is uh, working with the Equalists, Mako assumes that she had she had uh, Sato investigated because, out of jealousy, just to like fuck with them. And so they have a bit of a fight. And then mm-hmm. they get a, a tip from a worker that the real secrets are underneath Sato Manor itself. Yeah, they searched Sato's factories and didn't find anything. And in fact, um, in fact, Sato um, frames Cabbage Corp um, to make it look like he has nothing to hide. Um, which brings us the uh, line that still lingers with me. Oh no, my cabbages. Um, no, it was, oh no, not my cabbage corp. Oh, right. Not my cabbage corp. <sighs> yeah. Really doing a good job of uh, breaking off uh, from their past in this episode. <laughs> and then they come back to Sato Manor and br- bust in and Mako's... Mako and Asami are like, what are you doing? This is, like, again, really? And then they reveal a secret tunnel through the mountain. Secret tunnel. It's not through a mountain, but... Well, it's underground. <laughs> and the ground is like an upside-down mountain, if you think about it. Uh, you know what? I'll allow it. I'll allow it. And uh, they find mechs. They basically find mechs. Yep. It's the the equalist secret weapon that they have been building is steampunk mechs because you know what why not why not they look kind of like diving suits like old time diving suits or big daddies um, yeah big daddies are like someone was definitely had big daddies pulled up as a reference when they um, were drawing these. Um, so the so the big mechs do the big steppy all over Korra. They don't though because they don't have feet. <laughs> They've got tread. They're a mech and they don't even have feet. They're they're like tread mechs or like gun tanks. We could tanks. have made them look like anything, but we made them have treads. Um they have like pincer claws that shoot out, I think, with cables and stuff. Yeah, and they they electrocute people, and that's like how they take down um, Lin Beifong, if I remember right, is they electrocute her. It looks like the bad guys have won. Um, It looks like, you know, the benders are going to get captured, but um, Mako and Bo Lin show up uh, 15 minutes late with Starbucks, um, they attempt a rescue plan. They are not very successful. And then Asami finally gets a few lines. Um, Asami gets her only big character moment of this entire season. She has one more, uh, at the end of her arc. Oh, you, you right, you right. Um, but, yeah, it's... So... Um, uh, Sato Hiroshi, her father, um, explains, like, why he's doing all this, why, um, why he's an equalist, and he's like, uh, 
join me, Asami. We're going to be equalists, and we're going to end all this oppression. And Asami is holding one of the electroshocky gloves he has made. And she makes it look like she is going to join him. And then she shocks him. And this gives everyone a chance to, um, you know, bust out and just barely escape. And is that how the episode ends? I feel like we have one more, like, needless moment of heterosexuality after that. Um, Korra, it ends with Korra offering to Mako, Bolin, and Asami that they can stay on Air Temple Island because, uh, you know, Mako and Bolin are homeless and Asami's house is a crime scene. So, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. So, um, and then the next episode starts with them like arriving there. So, yeah. I I just want to talk for one more second about the um Asami moment. I think the thing that's um really bumming me out right now about the show is just that um the the pacing is just completely wrong right now and it's hard to say like you know, if they had five more episodes in this season, would they have been able to get this arc right? Because it's like, they try to set up this mystery around her father, who has barely been in the show to this point, um, and then they solve the mystery in the same episode. Um, they resolve all of Asami's feelings about her father in this episode. It's just not... No, there's... Because she has the one line she has at the end of this season. Yeah. So they resolve almost all of this whole thing. And it's just, yeah, the the pacing is not good. Like, if this were a two-parter, maybe this would be better, or if it was... Well, the thing about it is that this season has too many villains. It does. It really does. If If the plot of season one were stretched over three seasons, it would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. But you have, like, three villains... Two of some of which are like working together, some of which eventually like come to clash. Um, there's just so many moving parts, it's like that's fine, but like not in a it's cramped this few episodes, right? And it's like not only that, they're also trying to fit in, um, you know, Cora's personal growth, um. And, like, Korra's personal growth just isn't present in this episode at all. It feels like when I'm GMing a tabletop game, and I have a few ideas, and I'm not able to actually let any of them go, so I have to find a way to use all of the ideas that I have, even if they're all crammed together. Right. And maybe that's to do with, like, the amount of episodes, and maybe it's to do with, you know, they thought they were only getting this one season. Yeah, probably. But it's just, it's not, I, this, these two episodes, I think, are the low point of the season. Um, And yeah, if they had just, if they had been able to stretch it out, maybe it'd be better. The next episode we're about to talk about, I think, was good. Yeah, I do, I do, you know, I, I clown on the title, um, When Extremes Meet, and I think, I think it would also benefit from some better pacing, but I think this, it, When Extremes Meet is actually a pretty decent episode. 
Yeah, um... Well, okay. I'm remembering parts of it, and parts of it are bad. Um... It has good moments. It has good moments. It's like, it's uneven, as so much of this season is. It's just very uneven. And there's, like, one thing I really love that is actually in episode 9, which we will talk. We have talked about. You'll hear the week after this. Um, so, so let's get into um, Extremes Meet, I guess. Um, oh, right. There was one other thing we forgot um, at the end of the previous episode, which is after um, Beifong's failure to capture... Um, uh, the equalist, she decides to resign from the police force so that she can, um, you know, operate outside the law to try and stop the equalist threat. Which is a thing that you can just do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's like, I don't know, it's like a very hollow moment that they then don't pay off in this episode. And I really wanted them to pay it off in this episode. They do pay it off, but I, not just not at the right time. I felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just, I'll just read this wiki synopsis again. Um, so Beifong um, resigns. This new guy, um, her second or third in command, Saikon, is appointed to the police force, and Saikon. Um, Basically, is like Tarlock is the only person who has been effective in fighting the Equalists. Um, Tarlock, if you've forgotten, is the definitely not evil um, council member who started a task force. Um, so, um, Mako, Koro, Ma- Kora, Mako, Bolin, Nasami um, decide that they want to um, patrol the town and try and find some Equalists to question them. But and how do things... they do it? Huh? But how do they do it? They do it on top of a polar bear dog. Well, they try to. They try to. And then they they, realize they try that to do not... it, and things go horribly wrong. They try to, and then it's revealed that Naga can't carry four people. Keep that in mind. Naga can't carry four people, I guess. Or maybe won't. <laughs> um, but they also... They then get into Asami's car. <clears throat> Oh, you right. And they rebrand themselves as the new Team Avatar. Mm-hmm. This is such a corny moment. Uh, I, like, was cringing as they, like, all put their hands in the circle and, like, one, two, three, Team Avatar, or whatever it is they say. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not earned <laughs> at all. Yeah... I don't know. It's like I'm not I'm not saying that the I hesitate to say things like, oh, this disrespects the original show because like it's not sacred. But like Mm -hmm. when you're deliberately playing toward something that is a nostalgia trigger um, and you just don't bother to give it any weight at all that's like it's one thing to be like pandered to and it's another thing to see that you're being pandered to and it's bad mm-hmm. and it's you know like 
the original Team Avatar, A, I don't know that anyone but Sokka ever called them Team Avatar, and B, is like kind of gradually and naturally a symbol over the course of the three seasons, you know, like, Sokka and Katara are there from the start, and then it's not for like a while until um, Toph starts traveling with them. It's not for even longer till Zuko starts traveling with them. Like, there's no, and now we're Team Avatar moment in the original series, you know? Yeah. It, it's just very hollow. There's also, like, a minute before that, there's also, you know, a needless moment of one of the airbender children saying, Asami, did you know Korra has a crush on Mako? And Korra gets, like, a very anime cutaway of, like, her entire world falling apart and, like, imagining just, like, murdering this child, but she does not do it. Thankfully. And then um, she hurriedly shoes that kid away, and that kid also has angry noises. And guess what both of them sound like? It's cats. Because <laughs> they're girls. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> also, also, one other moment of, um, you know, Mako and Bolin um, getting off uh, onto Air Temple Island and they have, like, a bag that they're each carrying and Asami getting off and... Uh, she has, like, you know, a stack of, like, luggage that is, like, comically large, taller than, like, two people, you know, mm -hmm. air monks struggling to carry it. Because, you know, women do be shopping. They, they It do be like that. <laughs> it do be like that. The, I, I didn't <sighs> like this part of the episode. I, the, it, it, there's some okay stuff after this. Um, there is one cool scene at the end of the episode that I love. <laughs> and the, um, the rest of it is like mediocre uh, to sometimes bad. Yeah. So they um, go patrol in Asami's car. Um, they find some equalists. They stop some equalists, maybe, I don't remember. It's not important if they do. The important part is that they stumble upon um, a, a neighborhood where the power has gone out, the electricity has gone out, um, and a bunch of non-benders are kind of congregating outside. Um, Charlock earlier in this episode um, establishes a curfew for all non-benders. Non-benders are not allowed to be outside of their homes after 10 p.m. or something. Yep. Um, and what I've, apparently what that also entails is cutting out their power. Yeah. So Charlock is like, look, this is an equalist rally. And Cora, Cora in her first moment of not being a total cop... Um, Killjoy is like, what are you talking about, Tarlock? These people are just, like, standing outside. This curfew is BS anyway, and now you're just, like, making up nonsense. And this is the moment where, like, you need that that power play of I'm the Avatar. Because, like, the Avatar is actually, like, a figure of authority in this culture still. And... Mm -hmm. 
this is exactly the kind of shit that when the Avatar steps in, you're supposed to fucking listen. But, you know, Korra's not in tune with her spiritual side and can't access the past lives and all of that. So it's, right. it's a lot harder for her to, to execute on that authority. And, 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 like, Tarlock is also, like, a more established figure of authority, or maybe a more confident figure of authority. So Tarlock's like, no. And Korra just is like, well, I've got these big rocks here, and I'll smash you. And it just doesn't... I, I say it like it's a bad thing on the show. I thought this I thought this was like the other okay moment of just like, oh, Korra still has a Korra is not the Avatar yet in the way that Aang was the Avatar, you know? Yeah. Um so instead of getting smashed by rocks, Tarlock is like, Well, I'm going to arrest Asami for being a non-bender out after curfew, and I'm going to arrest Mako and Bolin for um, back-talking to the police, I guess? Obstruction of justice? Who um, knows? So, um, he does that, and then that night... Is there anything that happens in between? There, there's a there's an okay Tenzin moment um, before the big finale. Um so Cora, like, Cora sees her friends get arrested and is like, I'm going to help you. So she goes to get Tenzin because, like, maybe he can use his sway as a council member um, to get him out. Um, the new chief of police just shoots him down. And Tenzin gets, like, a cute moment of just, like, pouting and saying, you're the worst police chief there's ever been in Republic City. I don't know. I, I kind of like Tenzin. I can tell Tenzin I've grown as a good. person because I like Tenzin now and I didn't used to. <laughs> yeah, Tenzin's cool. Uh, I, I still wish we could see more about when like Tenzin and Lin were like younger and adventuring and whatever or whatever it is that they I, did. That would be fun. I think that comes like way late in the show. So I don't... I may be misremembering, so I don't want to speak on it too much, but I think that ends up happening, like, way late in the show. Well, like, I mean, like, when they're young. Oh, yeah, I think, like, we get more backstory way late in the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, but once again, I could be wrong. Either way, we're not going to talk about it for, like, a month or two or three or whatever, so. But that night, um, Korra yeah. breaks into City Hall to confront Tarlock alone mm -hmm. uh, in Korra style, which means by threatening. Yeah, she like jumps in through the window and starts like firebending and this and that. Tarlock says, um, tells his secretary. Yeah, his secretary, his assistant um, to, that to she needs home. to leave. You know, and she does before the fight starts. Keep her in mind. She'll be important in the next episode. That is just the next episode, isn't it? Yep. Hmm. Uh, so they... Then uh, the threat turns into an actual fight. And it's yeah. a pretty good, like, bending fight. Like, I'm not going to rag on any of the fights in this series. Like, yeah, the choreography and the animation is really good for most of the fights. Yeah, I 
yeah, I thought this was a cool fight. You know, I think, you know, they, they're still able to deliver on the promise of, like, yo, we've just, like, got a cooler magic than any other TV show, you know? Mm-hmm. Bending is magic, and bending is still just cool as hell. Um, this culminates in her knocking him out of his office where he has this cool interior waterfall um, and uh, isolates him from his water because he's a waterbender. And mm-hmm. so she goes in, to, goes in for the knockout with some fire and he like makes this move and her arms twist and the fire goes off in random directions because he starts bloodbending her. Which yeah. uh, is a thing that waterbenders can do uh, on a full moon if they've trained for it. Yeah, uh, it's like really well established as like this like dark secret stuff that very few people know how to do. And it is, you know, Korra could not in a million years have seen this coming. I remember the first time I watched this show, I was like, damn you know uh and she has the line where she says how are you bloodbending it's not a full moon to which tarlock says there's a lot you don't know about me which is a really cool line and gestures at some really cool stuff that we'll get to talk about later yeah um Um. and so he bloodbends her and one of the things about bloodbending is that usually it's used to just manipulate your uh, the target's body. But uh, in this series, they also make a point of using it as, like, instant knockout. Which mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody out there with a medical degree can tell me what's happening there. Because I'm, I'm sure it works. But it's a lot yeah, of it I... is, like, like, cause pain and cause knockout. For this series. There's a lot of that. And so... Yeah. She gets KO'd by that. Um, and I think the last we see is her being loaded up onto... Into, like, his trunk. And he's driving his car out of the city as he's kidnapping her. Yeah. And um, but I think we also either just before we see her put her in the truck or just after um she has like a brief uh kind of unclear vision of ang and um sokka and toph and there's a bloodbender uh involved somehow you know it's really unclear what's happening um at this time you know and i think we've seen a little bit of this vision before we get a little bit more of it here um yeah yeah just a a few more frames of that which we will talk about next week yeah but that brings us to the end of our recap for when extremes meet uh like i said that last part really cool i really enjoy uh the exploration of new bending stuff in this season Mm Hmm. yeah i think so too um and having a character that seems to break rules that you've established can be really effective. And I think that in this scene, it really works. And whether or not that, that 
gimmick works again throughout this, the rest of this season, uh, we will we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you've done this. It's our um, it's our it's our call sign. We'll get there. <laughs> um so yeah, I think that's going to wrap us up um for this week. Fingers crossed that this episode actually reaches your ears. Then we've already recorded um episodes 9 and 10 and yeah, then we just got to do except we need to redo those also. Oh, do we? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have the next week off of school, so we can redo yeah. those pretty easily. It's fine. Um, I think what it is is that other laptop. Uh, as soon as I free up space on it, it starts trying to download Windows updates that it doesn't um, have room for, so it can't actually save more than fifteen minutes of audio. Okay. Well, folks, but. we will get the technical difficulties fixed. Um. We will, we will be bringing you episodes. Um, we are nearing the end of season one. Um, I'm excited? Question mark. I feel like we're past the worst of it, at least. Uh, y- yeah. Did you did you end up watching the end of this season? Uh, you can tell me after we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen it yet. I have not watched. Okay. It. Did you? No, I didn't. Um, um, yeah, uh, I think we all, it's a known quantity at this point that season two is going to be an interesting experience and in our attempts to keep things positive, uh, we're going to start introducing some guest episodes into the mix as well, just to make sure we keep our spirits high while we talk about Legend of Korra season two. Um, which we talk about like it's around the corner because it is for us, but it's not for you listening to this. Um, but I, we we have talked to a handful of people we want to guest on this show. Um, I'm excited for the people we have uh, we have lined up. We should probably be messaging them about like, hey, what's a good time to record for you? <laughs> what what do you want to talk about? Uh, one person told me that. They will only guest on season two if they also guest on season three, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we've got some folks yeah, that, I, that are like perfect for different parts of season of the season, so uh, we'll be. There's also a fun goof episode uh, that I think we're gonna do between season one and two, <laughs> which I'm. You, uh, so we want to do that after season two so that it makes sense at all. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, <laughs> that will also give me time to uh, experience the content. To um, mm-hmm. it's rare. It's rare content that you can't get anymore. It's, <laughs> it's you know, um, I have access to this content. A select few individuals on this earth have con- access to the content. I don't know that Nora can um, experience the content with me. I can't. <laughs> uh it's it's like pt basically so it's like pt but better you know yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> um what if what if pt was um you know cora related and no it's it, pt oh, stands God. for platinum tames 
<laughs> what if PT stood for um, pegging to Sami? No, bad. We should end this episode. We should. End I'm just this gonna episode. keep begging. Uh, <laughs> uh, where can people block you online? <laughs> um, my name is uh Allison Coffee. Uh, you could find me at Allie Drinks Coffee on Twitter. Um, I have Allie Drinks Coffee on Tumblr, and I keep thinking about using it more, which is probably a dark path. Um. I've purged all my posts older than a year or two, so hopefully there's nothing terrible on that Tumblr. <laughs> you could you could probably find me on various Discords. I'm probably in your Discord. I'm in like 20 Discords. I need to clean Yo, up same. this Discord. <laughs> and I just added more. <laughs> Why, though? Uh, projects. <laughs> um... I'm Nora, uh, as I said at up top. You can find me on Twitter at neither Nora. You can find my other podcasts that I do, which are Hollow Sweethearts, a Star Trek podcast I do with my partner. Um, coming soon, you'll find me on Babe City, a Steven Universe rewatch podcast with my Yo! partner. Yo, <laughs> I need to guest on that. What the hell? <laughs> um, and also. Yo. <laughs> And uh, also what just uh, recently got announced is I will be a player on Lost Library, an actual play podcast hub uh, featuring multiple campaigns. And I'll be on two of those campaigns starting in April. Nice. Nice. I saw the announcement on Twitter yesterday, but I hadn't really looked into what stuff was. I'm excited for that. Uh, On top of that, you can find the tabletop games and homebrew materials that i make at on my patreon which is patreon.com slash norablake and you can buy my games on itch at neithernora.itch.io yeah and you also you can find me paying a hundred thousand dollars to guests specifically on the jailbreak episode of uh, babe city apparently <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh shit <laughs> I didn't realize you didn't know about that yet. <laughs> I I see tweets and I like don't absorb tweets. We I'm like I will click it. on. <laughs> it was supposed to be in this week's Hollow Sweethearts book that got corrupted, much like our podcast did. So it didn't go up. Okay. Um, also, I have not been able to listen to Hollow Sweethearts because I've never seen Star Trek. So. Hey, well. No worries there. You can still <laughs> you can still listen and listen to us flirt. Yeah, no, I, the one episode I did listen to, there was flirting. I think we've talked about this before. We, we should We did. We have. Uh we thank have. you for listening to White Lotus Radio. Like, comment, subscribe, um, post feed. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell um lovers of both sides. Um If if you're ga- if you a gamer, you know. If you got feet. This is bad. I'm going to stop this podcast right now and say thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Have a great day. Please join Until us. Until next, next time, week. stay pegging. Nope. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> what if I just hit stop on the record? What All if right. I just do it? Bye. Fuck, fucking bye. <laughs>